What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. So the PFL's done for the season. Now we got to see where they end up landing. I guarantee you they're going back to ESPN. I guarantee it. That's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch the mouth official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on X. Peace, guys. Later. everybody i want to start with this pfl is done they have officially acquired bellator that's not news we already covered that now the only two active right now are ufc and one championship but i want to go over if you guys saw the mma hour yesterday i want to go over what mike kogan said basically he said one championship or one FC, whoever you ask what it's called, he goes, bro, they pissed away 600, he either said 600 million or 600,000 dollars. That they're basically scamming investors. I believe that's a crazy statement because they got the Amazon deal, but he must know more than I do. I guarantee you he knows more than I do. Let's see what he had to say. Well, first of all, Let's go there, and then we're going to go how he says that. Let's see the title of this. Is one championship going out of business? Former Bellator executive Mike Kogan thinks so. Last week, the news broke that Bellator had been acquired by the Professional Fighter League, including its roster, and the executives were also offered roles. The deal included a role for Bellator executive Mike Kogan. Now, if you guys don't know, Mike Kogan used to actually be the manager of Nate Diaz, King Mo and a couple other fighters. I know him and Dana don't have the best relationship because Dana believed that Mike Hogan was uh, ruining Nate Diaz's career. These are Dana's words. These are not my words. These are Dana's words. And then Nick and Nate ended up going with Balanji Group, which ended up turning into um, Lloyd something, whatever, whoever Anthony Smith is. Um, Anthony Smith, Tony Ferguson, and Steve Miocic's managers. But they ended up getting out of there before it turned into that. They were it was still Balanji Group and they they got out of it because there was a dispute. But that's my reasoning for telling you guys that. In an interview with the MMA Hour, Kogan said that if he doesn't go to the PFL, then he'd likely retire. He also said that one championship is about to go out of business. I've been in this sport for a long time. I don't have it in me to start from scratch. There just isn't anybody else. If you don't go to PSL, PFL, obviously I'm not going to get hired by the UFC. But he he also said, I don't know if this article is going to say, he also said that he burned a lot of bridges as a manager. One championship pissed away $600 million and is about to go out of business. Where do you go, Kogan said. I don't know why he says that. But if this is true, like, Let's take his comments at face value, and if they're true, like, there's only two major players at that point. Because, let's be honest, as much as that you want to say that Bellator's going to be its own entity, 
it's still operating under the PFL umbrella. Like, let's say one championship goes out of business, knock on wood, it doesn't because, like they say, um, the more opportunity there is, the better the whole market is. But there's only two people at that point. And if ESPN is able to strike a deal to get all of the territories of PFL, you know they're going to try to get that Bellator deal too. I know Don Davis tried to make it seem that, oh, they might go somewhere else. But, like, let's think about it. Let's say they go somewhere else. Showtime, done. HBO, done. You're not... ESPN is about to strike if I hope they get it too if they get it they're gonna be a major player in the MMA industry if ESPN doesn't get it who's left the zone what is the zone gonna do with it I know that they're based overseas but what are you gonna do what is the zone gonna do with it the zone had it for a while that was the main reason I had the zone I'm not trying to say I'm the end all be all here but where are you gonna go you can go to Amazon Prime but then think of it through the PFL's eyes like let's say let's say what Mike Hogan is saying is true, and like he goes on to say, I will finish my thought, but I just want to read you guys what else is it. They're gonna go out of business. These people scammed everybody they could scam. They run out of people to scam. Said Hogan, it's the truth. I mean, come on, ten years. You can't be a startup for ten years. Jesus Christ. At some point, you gotta start showing something. So they're gonna go out. So where where's there to go? There's nowhere else to go. I've always said this is like the largest small industry in the world. It's big on TV. There's millionaires being made. There's all these stories. But at the end of the day, it's a handful of people that run it and a handful of people that have the ability to do anything with it. There you go. There's UFC. And as of right now, there's one championship and PFL with Bellator acquired. Now, let's look at this TV deal. Um, Let's say... I'm not saying it's true because we don't know the logistics of the deal or anything. But let's say what these guys are saying is true. Because I honestly don't know the numbers. Let me see if I Google it. If they can tell me the numbers Amazon is getting for one championship. The reason I'm doing this is I want to see if it's feasible for Amazon. Because if it is, they'll keep them. If it's not, they'll because they'll can them is what I wanted to say. It's not saying, but the reason I bring this up as well is because I want you guys to understand that if, when did this take place? April 28, 2022. We are officially November 28, 2022, 2023. It says multi-year deal, one championship moves on from Turner. Amazon pledges to elevate the profile of female fighters. I mean, that there's another one because originally one championship was on TNT, remember? But it was taped. But there's another avenue for Bellator there because they do have the relationship with AEW. And remember how the UFC got on Spike was because of the relationship that Spike had with WWE. It says, for Amazon, the one, cha- the one partnership marks another... Right move in the combat space. Last November, Prime Video teamed up a U.S.-based boxing promotion, top-ranked to live broadcast multiple fights in Japan. And the pet is said to run through 2022. One championship is thrilled to work with Prime Video, one of the largest premium co- sports contents providers in the world. 
to bring live events closer to fans in the United States at Kadri Citrotong, chairman and chief executive of One Championship. Okay, but how long is this deal? Because that's the thing, right? I don't see what he's saying. Like, I, if there's anything that I've said here, it's that one championship, they don't, unless I, because I don't watch a lot of linear TV, man. But they're on Amazon Prime. That's where I watch the most TV through my fire stick. And I don't see the promotion of it. And I don't see the fights until the week of. And then I start doing some stuff. And then I forget about it. So I'm trying to see how long. And there there are articles saying after Prime Video Deal, MMA Giant One Championship announces another streaming partner targeting over 200 million viewers, which is who? So I, I don't know. I don't know if to take Mike Hogan's um, remarks seriously. I don't know if it's just him. I don't know Mike Hogan, so I don't know if that's just him being... Um, I don't want to use the word bitter or sour. I don't know if it's just him not liking one championship. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if, if these numbers could be falsified, right? If I can get a number of how long the deal is, it says Prime Video and One Championship have announced a multi-year agreement for Prime Video broadcast. 12 live One Championships events annually. Full live event will be exclusively available on Prime Video in the United States and Canada. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't say how long the deal is. It just has multiple years. So let's say it runs through 2025. I'm just throwing out a year. I don't know. I'm just saying. Let's say that's how long it is. Can you guys do mo more promotion? If not, this thing is going to get run to the ground. You're having a hard, supposedly you're breaking well in the Asian market, in the Asia market, like the Asia territories. Uh, I don't know how you're doing in North America. I don't know how you're doing in Europe. I don't know how you're doing in Australia. I don't know how you're doing in Africa. But here in North America, I know they're having a hard time and they cannot be getting good viewership when it's somebody else other than Demetrius Johnson fighting. I know that for a fact. The reason I say that is because I'm telling you the promotion's not there, man. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Like, when Bellator promotes, you see it. When PFL promotes, you see it. Well, I shouldn't say Bellator because unless you knew about the fights, the last few cards, they were just whatever, you know. Now, there, there's another thing Mike Hogan said that I found very interesting. Look, look at what else he said. Again, I don't know if this is just sour grapes by him or... If this is really the truth, again, I don't know him as a person. Seems like a great guy. Bellator executive Mike Kogan. Dan Network Showtime was the beginning of the end. In early 2021, after bouncing around a variety of different networks and platforms, Bellator finally found a long-term broadcast home on Showtime. While the move appeared to be promising at the time, that relationship ultimately lasted less than three years before the promotion's parent company, Paramount Global, offloaded Bellator to the PFL in an industry-shaking deal. This past week, in retrospect, longtime Bellator executive Mike Kogan believes the promotion's fate was sealed once it landed within Showtime's peer view. Through and through, no fault of the premium network's doing. I don't want to point fingers at Showtime and say specifically everybody else was in line to fall over to promote us, and then Showtime was keeping us down. I don't think that's fair. That's a fair assessment. I think Showtime was a dead network when we got there, Kogan said, in a rare interview on, on Monday in the MMA Hour. 
And three months later, the CEO of ICOM comes out and goes, yeah, this is a dead network. We're going to shut it down. So I think the virtue of where we ended up, it was kind of like the beginning of the end. I mean, like, what was the best thing to come out of show? Like, that's the only reason I got Showtime was to watch the Bellator event. Like, what was the best thing going for Showtime at the time? Dexter, I think Matt Donovan with the, with the guy that played Sabretooth on the Wolverine movie. Like, those were like the best two shows to come out of that network recently. Um, there was also that show Shameless. Like, what else was there, guys? Can someone tell me? And he goes on. We went from being in a 93 million household down to... We went from Spike being in 93 million households down to CBS Sport, which was still in 54, 55 million households, to a paywall with 25 million subscribers. That's kind of going backwards. So that definitely didn't help. I think Showtime might have tried to do whatever they could do, but there's only so much to do when they're sitting behind a paywall. And their subscription was dwindling down. So I don't know that it's showtime per se. I just think in a corporate structure that multifaceted, that is so multifaceted and has so many shows and so much product, they just kind of got lost and we were just being ping ponged around. So here's what I do know. They had, they were a part of Viacom, I guess. And then when Spike became Paramount, they're like, okay, we're going to move you guys off here. That's where the zone came in. And I guess Paramount didn't like that. So they put them on CBS Sports. And then that's where they ultimately ended up on Showtime. I think I got that right. Because you guys have to understand, Biocom and Spike, it was always the same. Like, they, that's been their home. It's not like they got ping-ponged around. Like, CBS Sports and Showtime, they're all sub- Sideries of Paramount. And he goes, looking back, the last few shows were bittersweet. Again, I don't know Mike Kogan. I can't tell you he's a, he's being sour. I don't know. There might be a lot of truth to what he's saying. There might not be. But what I can say is this comedy made about one championship is interesting because if that's true, where is someone like Demetrius Johnson going to go? I can't. I'm not taking it at face value. But let's just say it's true. Is Demetrius going to go back to the UFC? Where's he going to go? PFL doesn't have a flyweight division. Like at that point, the UFC is his only place he can go or retire because Demetrius is at a point in his career where he could retire and live comfortably because he has his Twitch channel, he has his studio, and he games. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he ends up going because that would be good for him. I don't see a, a world where he goes back to the UFC. That I will tell you. Now, there's something I'm going to say to you guys. I'm going to switch it around, and instead of waiting for the opinion episode to come around, I'm going to start using the first episode of the week to... Preview the fights. That way um, we could use the opinion episode just to talk some smack. Well, not talk smack per se, but, you know. Okay, so let's talk about the fights that happened. First of all, there's one thing I do want to say. They need to figure out this champion's name, bro. It goes on for way too long. It goes on for way too long. The fights themselves were good. I'm not going to lie. They were good, but it goes on for way, 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 way too long. So, Magomed Kirimanov defeats Sabadu Sai. So, now he will potentially face Jason Jackson in the Bellator versus PFL Champions card that they're planning on doing if that actually happens. Um, 
Aubert Mercier defeats Clay Collard. Now, this is where it gets interesting because Aubert Mercier has said, I'm retired, I'm done. And it gets interesting on the PFL side because they were doing the Grand Prix. Right now, Alexander Shabli should be scheduled to fight Usman Nurmagomedov, even though that's a whole drama in itself. With Usman testing positive, but not because it was illegal. He just didn't fill out the right paperwork. Like, what are we going to do here, guys? What are we going to do here? Uh, Josh Silvera loses to Impact Kansanagane. I want to know. I swear that his name, I remember hearing it, and they called him Kansangane or something like that. Yeah, that's a Kansangane. Impact Kansanagane. Kansangane. That's how I'm going to say it from now on. He calls out Francis Ngannou. That's crazy. But he, he, so now he is scheduled to face Vadim Nenkov. And that gets weird because Vadim saying I might go to heavyweight. Like, Olsov loses to and then for. Rara, that was a crazy fight too because Gustav was like dominating in like the first round. Like, and then Ferreira just comes in and just knocks him out. Pinedo defeats Baraga. So now Pinedo will fight Patrici Pitbull. So now Ferreira, I guess, is scheduled to fight Ryan Bader. And then Larissa Pacheco defeats Mok Han. First of all, I didn't know this girl was Sergei Spivak. So significant other i didn't know that marina mokhanatakina oh i remember mokhanatika something like that mokhanatika so laresa pacheco beats her now this is where it gets interesting for them so laresa should is gonna face chris cyborg at some point but everybody's saying that's absolutely insane you have her fight this is chris cyborg they're talking about have her fight Kayla Harrison. And I go, what is the difference when these two when these two girls fight? If they fight, if somebody doesn't get in the way and ruins this, the winner can fight Kayla because she has history with Pacheco. And I'm going to tell you guys something. Pacheco might beat Chris Cyborg because Pacheco, I believe, is only 29 and Chris Cyborg's 37. And Pacheco hits hard. You guys thought Amanda Nunes is hard. This chick hits hard, okay? So... I don't get why everybody's complaining. I don't care either way. I think this is the most interesting division right now with that Champions Night. Another one, again, like I said, um, Obir Mircea says he's retired. So right now we don't even have like a lightweight champion versus champion matchup because that in itself is a mess. Obir Mircea retires. They don't know if they're going to finish the Grand Prix. And the Bellator side of things, if they do, does Brett Primus take um, Usman's place? Like, what are we doing here, guys? We need to figure this out. We need to figure this out. And Ali says, well, just make the rematch again. Like, have Brett Primus fight Usman again. But that's not fair to a certain extent. Now let's talk about some rumors. And then we'll talk about the fights this weekend. So there's a rumor that Michael Venom Page will be on the UFC 297 card, which is the January 20th card. He will face Kevin Holland. That's a rumor. I asked Michael Venom Page's management. I asked the UFC. I'm waiting for a response. Um, I don't know if that's true. And then there's also another rumor that they're working on Umar Nurmagomedov versus Corey Sanhagen to headline a fight night. I hope that's true because Umar deserves a top challenger. And like, 
at the, at that point, everybody's gonna be like, "There's no ignoring him." Like right now, they can ignore him, but if he gets this fight and he wins, there is no ignoring him now. I will tell you that much. You cannot ignore him after that. So let's look at these fights. So Benil Darius will take on Armin Sarukian. Jalen Turner will step in for Dan Hooker because Dan Hooker broke his elbow again or he broke his arm. We'll take on Bobby Green. Rob Bond will take on Davison Figueredo. Sean Brady will take on Kevin Gastelum. Blake Guido will take on Joaquin Silva. Balhani Ciorano will take on Dustin Saltfuss. Misha Tay will take on Julia Alba. Is this the panda girl? Yeah, Raging Panda. She's cool, man. Avila, sorry, Alba. Avila. Julia Alvila. Okay, the Kevin Gaslam versus Sean Brady fight should be good. I believe Sean Brady, this is his first fight since losing to... Uh, remember the name? Bulan Muhammad? Yeah. So that fight should be good. Um... Davidson Figueredo versus Rob Font. I mean, Rob Font is a good boxer, man. So what I want to see is will Davidson's power trend, like the power they were all afraid of at lightweight, does it translate to bantamweight, you know? Like that's what interests me about that fight because Rob will hit him, hit him, hit him until he goes down. Like when Rob Font is on, he's one of the best fighters in the world. Like I honestly believe if Rob Font can figure it out and be on all the time he can be champion because like that guy's one of the best fighters in the world so that fight interests me a lot like this is a good fight night that's why it's in front of a live crowd bobby green will take on Jalen turner now here's a thing i want to see and i know people call these rankings a joke but it's something to go off of so Jalen's number 12, Dan was number 8. Okay, at least he's still fighting up. But then you got Benoit Saint-Denis, and then you got Rafael Dos Anjos. So I wonder if Bobby Green were to win. I wonder if he rematches Dan Hooker. Because then you have Armin that's at number 8, tied with Hooker. He's fighting number 4, Benil. Because look at Rafael is out. Mateusz Gamera just fought Rafael. Rafael, I don't get why I call him Rafael. Mike Chandler is still waiting for the for the Conor McGregor fight. Benio Darius. And you got Dustin. Now, right now that I saw Dustin's name, I'm going to read you guys a report. Benio Darius is looking to return to the win column at UFC Austin this Saturday night. The UFC lightweight division is full of the toughest matchup, especially at its peak. After amassing a winning streak of eight in a row, the perennial top contender Darius is still need, needed one more win to earn his long-awaited title shot. Unfortunately for Darius, he ran into former champion Charles Oliveira, who ended his best career win with a first-round TKO at UFC 289 in June. Darius, 34, is set to make a return after a rough loss when he faces Armin Sarukian in this weekend's main event. He win either puts him in a solid spot amongst the division's elite. However, Darius revealed ahead of his upcoming bout he had a different big-name option for his possible dance partner. I actually got a call a couple of weeks ago on UFC 295, Darius told Submission Radio. They called me for that, and they said, hey, 
would you be willing? And I said, yeah, of course, my weight's good. I'm obviously in camp right now. I can do this fight with Dustin Poirier. And they said, okay, we'll get back to you. It didn't materialize. And then they called me again and they said, okay, how about Dustin Poirier on December 2nd? I said, okay. And then I just waited and they didn't, it didn't materialize. Afterwards, they said they were going to stick me with arm and, and it was going to be five rounds. I never hear the other side. I'm not really sure what happened with Dustin. I would love to hear what he has to say about it, but no one he asked has asked him in an interview or anything like that, or he hasn't mentioned it. Okay, because the way they wrote this is, okay, I got confused because let me finish reading this to you guys. It says, the one-time interim champion Poirier's next fight will also act as his rebound effort when he when it happens. Vying for the BMF title in a rematch with Justin Gaethje at UFC 291 in July, Poirier fell short by second round head kick knockout. Poirier certainly had no plans booked but has kept his weight low after receiving a call to possibly step in on short notice against the current UFC lightweight champion Islam Mahashev at UFC 294. Why a matchup between the Diamond and Darius would certainly be a good one at any point in their career. Darius doesn't expect it to ever happen. And then it goes on to say, if we're talking about visibility, I would pick Dustin Poirier. If we're talking about who the tougher challenge, I would pick Armin Sarukian. And that's my opinion, so I'm kind of excited to be fighting Sarukian, to be honest with you i always pick the fight to fight the tougher guy that's my goal okay then i read i'm glad i read that before giving my opinion because i thought they had offered him dustin and he picked armin over dustin i'm like why would you pick a guy that's younger that even if you beat him you're not guaranteed a title shot and doesn't have a name but i'm glad i read all that and i wouldn't call sarukian the tougher guy but he is a more risky fight because again he is good He's less well-known. He gave Islam a run for his money. So we shall see what happens, man. We shall see what happens. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch them out the official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.